Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. Now last week, I should say, last week, if you watched the live stream or uh, watched the sermon that was recorded, I sat in a chair and I just really just wanted to talk with you and share some things with you as if we were sitting together around a, a table. But this week, um, I want to give you a pep talk. That's what I want to do. And uh, maybe that's an old phrase, a pep talk. You, I remember going to school and they had things called pep rallies. Uh, you know, some of you who are younger than me, you're like, a pep rally? What's a pep rally? Uh, it's, you know, you, uh, it's before the first football game of the season, and we'd all get together, uh, you know, in the gymnasium, and the, you know, the A squad would go out and run a couple plays on the gym floor and throw a pass, and the students are there, and the band's going, and we're all yelling and cheering and getting ready to, you know, go to battle. Yeah, big pep rally. Well, listen, I want to give you a pep talk this morning. I want to encourage you. I don't know what all of you are facing right now. I don't know the difficulties that maybe are new. Um, I don't know all the difficulties of your past that, you know, we still drag along with us and we're still, you know, trying to fight through or maybe we've just accepted them and say, ah, it's no use. I want to give you a pep talk this morning from the Scripture and I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to bring some things to my heart and your heart as uh, we walk forward, and how we need to, you know, um, calibrate again and get on center, because as days go by, you know, there's all these demands, we can drift a little bit, and maybe over time, you know, we drift a little each day. It seems like a small amount, but over time, if it's not corrected, we start having some really bad thoughts. And we start to embrace some things that were never meant for you and I to embrace as followers of Christ. And so I want us to look at this this morning. I want us to remind ourselves of some things about the Lord. And so let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. That it's a light unto our path. It's a lamp unto our feet. That your word is alive. It is sharp. Your word is precise. It is accurate. Help us. Help me. Help me understand more. Know more. And Lord, not just for the sake of knowledge, but that knowledge, Lord, would continue to confirm the faith that you have birthed within us by your kindness and by your spirit, regardless of what we face or what's been done to us in this life or what we've done to others that we want to write and ask forgiveness for. So speak to us. Lord, you say that those who love you, um, you make overcomers. Help me love you more. Help us love you more. Help us be overcomers. Not just for the sake of our own ease or flesh, but as ones who herald the message of how great you are, that others can be touched by it, and they too can overcome. Minister, Lord, freely. Mm, Please, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, 
If I were to title this message, uh, it might be something like this. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too difficult for God. If we were to look in Jeremiah uh, chapter 32, verse 27, it, 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 God is speaking and he says, I am the Lord God. Is there anything too difficult for me? Now, those who believe in the Lord, they say, oh, no, there's nothing too difficult for God. But when we're in the press, and we feel the demands of something, uh, I don't know, um, a sickness, or we feel uh, the, you know, the, the wheels have come off the wagon, and we're in the middle of a journey, and there's no one there to help, and it, we don't know what to do. And it gets difficult, or it gets beyond our gifting, or beyond our understanding. In that moment... Are we still going, I believe that there is nothing too difficult for God? There is nothing. I want you to hear, there is nothing too difficult for God. And if you and I have somewhere in our life stated that there is something that God can't do, I want to encourage you, you better make that right with Him. He's forgiving and He's gracious. But you had better ask forgiveness because if we have clung to that statement that God cannot do something at any time or any place, I want you to know that we've opened the door up to, for havoc to reach into our life beyond just the normal things that we deal with in this life of toil. You make that right. This is for your spiritual health. It's for my spiritual health. Where I have had to confess and say, God, forgive me genuinely for my unbelief that I thought or did not believe that you could do something. I want to encourage you right from the start that all things are possible through Christ. Through Christ in your life. All things. All things. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, because if you have a faith in the Lord, you obvi- I mean, obviously, you want to please Him, right? I mean, it's not like, I'm going to follow Jesus, and then I'm going to purposely offend Him. No. We want to please Him. We want to learn Him. We want to know Him. We want to follow after Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and it says, Without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We want to please the Lord. And telling him that he can't do something, that does not bring him pleasure. I mean, do you remember this? Do you remember on a human level, maybe, I don't know, you were in school and you came home and you uh, joined some, I don't know, maybe a sporting team or whatever it is, or you came home from science club and you were going to try to make something for the, the science fair or whatever it is. And then you have a parent or a sibling look at you and go, you can't do that. You don't have the ability to do that. You're not talented enough for that. You're not good enough for that. You're not. Do you remember how that caused you to feel? Some dig their heels in and go, oh, yeah. Some go, 
Oh, yeah, I guess I can't. I'm not good enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever they said. Yeah. I want you to know that to not please the Lord when we make declarations in our mouth, in our heart, in our mind that say, you can't do this and you won't do this. I want you to know at that moment that we say that, we just prophesied to ourselves. We just prophesied to ourselves. God won't, God can't, and not for me. You just prophesied to yourself. Is that the prophecy we really want to hear? At that point, we don't need a teacher to tell us we can't or we're not smart enough. We don't need a sibling to tell us something. We're prophesying to ourselves. Whatever I face, God can't do it. God won't do it. I quit. You know, it's interesting at the end of this about pleasing God in faith. It says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you know what earnest means? This is, this is Randy Williams' definition. Okay? So you might not like it and you might say, ah, that's not what earnest means. In this context of faith and seeking the Lord, and sometimes the answers don't come as quick as we want or they don't come the way that we want. You know what earnest means? To me, one more time. One more prayer, one more day, and when that one day's over, what is being earnest? One more day, one more step, one more getting out of bed, one more sleep and one more rise, one more task, one more prayer. That's earnest. I don't want you to forget about Ernie. We'll call him Ernie. It's earnest. That is what earnest is those who one more time, one more day, one more prayer, one more scripture, one more, one more, one more. I remember, you know, when I was a kid and working out and doing different things. And you, you know, it was a set of ten. And you get the tenth one up and you're struggling and my dad's standing over me. And I finished the set with ten. And there's my dad. One more. <laughs> what? I did ten. One more. One more. It's about being earnest. It pleases the Lord because it expresses our faith and our faith being backed up by an action and by faithfulness and by work and be willing to put our hands to it. Being earnest. One more. Listen, I don't know what you face, your trouble of the day is, your worry that causes you to lose the ability to reason where it robs us of our faith and what we know to be true in the Scripture. I don't know what weighs down your soul today. I am not making light of what you face. I'm not in your shoes. I'm just telling you that whatever we face, there is nothing that is too difficult for God in your life. There is no miracle that He can't do. I want us to look at this this morning. You know, 
In Luke 17, there, there were 10, there were 10 uh, lepers, and they came to Jesus, and Jesus basically says, you go show yourself to the priest. And they discovered something as they were going in their leprosy, as they were traveling to go show themselves to the priest, they were being healed as they were going. Of the ten, there is one, as he noticed he was being healed, he left the other nine, and he went back and found Jesus. Before, you know, before he got there to the priest, he come back. And he expressed gratitude to Jesus. And this is what Jesus said to him. Your faith has made you well. Matthew chapter 9. This is a famous one. One that we're probably more acquainted with. Is there's a woman who spent all her life savings and doctors couldn't help her. She had an issue of bleeding. She pushes through the crowd. She gets to the point where she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And he says, hold on, wait a minute. Who touched me? Well, the crowd was all touching him. But he felt power go out from him. And they locate this lady. That the moment she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. She believed, if I could just get close enough to the master, if I could just touch the, the hem of his robe, I, I, just, I just know that I will be healed. And they locate the lady, they stop, and they halt, they, where, who did it? And he says to her, your faith made you well. I mean, she had a long life battle going on for years. Aren't you glad she didn't give up a day earlier? I bet you she's glad that she didn't give up a day too soon. That she kept searching. She kept looking. She kept doing her part. And then the opportunity came that faith would rise. And she'd receive that which her faith made possible. Mark chapter 10, there's blind Bartimaeus. He's, he's blind, he's on his mat, it gives him a license to beg, and he understands that Jesus is going by, and he starts shouting out at the top of his lungs, you know, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, bring him to, you know, bring him to me. And, and so he, they make, he makes his way over to Jesus. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. And he received his sight. He could have stayed begging. And he could have never shouted to Jesus. He could have just said, this is it. I'm blind. This is the way it is. This is the way it will always be. My life, this is it. Far as I can go, just got to accept it. Just got to embrace it. Now he shouts, Son of David, have mercy on me. And his faith made him well. I'll give you one more. Matthew chapter 9, there's two blind men. 
where Jesus was ministering. And at the end of that, he goes into a house where he was staying. And the two blind men follow him. And they come indoors with him. And they want to receive their sight. And Jesus says, do you believe I can do this for you? He said, yes. And Jesus said this. He touched their eyes. And he said, according to your faith, let it be done. According to your faith, let it be done. In other words, if you believed, this is done for you. Let's look at the flip side of that. If I don't have faith, I don't please the Lord. Because we know when we have faith, we please Him. Right? We read the Gospels and all the things that Jesus did and what He said. And how He had compassion upon broken people. People like you and I. Who came to Him. They expressed faith. They expressed need. There's even moments they, they, they said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing what I can to believe. I, I'm not giving up. I'm trying to overcome. I'm trying to work through this faith. Jesus looks upon it. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Do I believe that there is nothing that is impossible for God? Sometimes we think, you know, well, I'll believe for them. And that's good. But if the other side of that is, I believe for them, but I don't believe God will do this for me. I don't believe God will do this for me. You know what? You're prophesying to yourself again. You're making a declaration that I believe God can do this and I believe God would do it for somebody else, but not for me. And you might come up with a whole bunch of reasons why he won't do it for you. I'm not good enough. I did this. I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And oh, I, I went and got prayed for before. Oh, I've been prayed for for eight years. Or I've, oh, you know, he's not going to do this for me. You're making a declaration. You're prophesying to yourself. I quit. So according to your faith, let it be done to you. And you can blame God all you want. I can blame him all I want. But if I quit, that's my part. That was my responsibility. That was my choice. I want to tell you today, there is nothing impossible for God to do for you. You know, you feel like something sometimes just nothing, nothing's happening. Or like he's not hearing. Or how long do I have to go on with this? I guess his answer is just no. You know when I stopped asking for a toy when I was a kid? Once I got it. 
<laughs> right? I mean, right? I mean, you get scolded. I'm tired of you asking for this. Ah, you wait in the car with Randy so that he's not in there begging me for that toy. You know when I stopped asking for it? When I got it. Right? Don't give up. Keep asking. Keep believing. Ask Him to change you. Ask Him to teach you the lesson in it. Ask Him to produce faith. Because I'll tell you what the real point is. It isn't just our healing or just our deliverance. The point is faith. Faith to the end. To the finish line. That's the point. Listen, when you feel like nothing's happening and it's difficult, I want you to remember Ernest. What is Ernest? One more time. Just a little further. Come on, Randy. One more. One more. You know, I'm not going to a long story. Most of you around here, you know the story of um, and I only use this because I, need, I need, needed a physical healing. And when I fell from the 20-plus feet out of that tree and plummeted to the earth and had physical stuff go on, and in my spine was the place of the most pain. And prayed for healing. Fought every day to get up and move as time went on and still the pain. Four years and approximately 11 months that pain went away in a moment. And I can tell you where it happened. It happened right here. I was standing here and I was leaned over and I asked again Again, someone specific, because they were here, I asked, you got one more prayer in you? I want this pain gone. I want it fixed. I mean, I want them to heal my whole body, and there's still some repercussions that I worked through, and I still believe that he's going to fully heal me. But that, that spot in my spine... I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how much the other stuff was bothering me until that was healed. And I went, wow, I was carrying all this other stuff with me still. But that spot, I, I wanted that spot healed. That, that, I didn't feel any heat. Didn't feel any supernatural oil or super presence of the Lord. I just, I don't want to keep living like this. I believe you. I believe you. See, I don't just do this stuff professionally. <laughs> My life. I gotta believe. I've gotta trust. I gotta work out the faith. Didn't feel nothing happen to me. Didn't hear a crack, snap, or you know, pop, whatever it is, like other people experience. My, this is nothing felt supernatural. 
until I walked away and was asked, well, what do you, th-? I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go and live like I'm healed. And it's not pie in the sky, and it's not, you know, I'm going to go live like I'm healed. And the supernatural part is I don't have pain there anymore. I mean, when I lift something heavy and do something, do I feel, yeah, because I haven't exercised the muscles around it. Is there still stiffness and, you know, other parts of my body and, you know, all, yeah. But that, that piece that just was so hard to bear. Four years, 11 months. I'm so glad that I didn't just stand around down here and tell our guest speaker and say, hey, this was a great service. Thanks for coming. Thanks for preaching. And uh, hallelujah. I said, you got one more prayer in you? And I've been prayed for before. And other people were constantly praying for me. I'm praying for me. I mean, I'm still praying for other people. I would you think I was totally selfish for four years and 11 months. But, you know, hey, one more time. One more time, one more time, one more time. Let's be earnest. The battle's hard. Your battle is more difficult than mine. I, I get it. I'm, we're not here to measure who's got the worst struggle. Because I will tell you this. Nothing is too difficult for him. And it's not like, well, that's more difficult than that. You ask me to lift five pounds here or 50 pounds here, I can lift them both. I can still lift them both at the same time. Woohoo! Listen, there's not one thing more difficult for God than another. It's not like He's going, oh, that's really difficult. One more time. You know, I'm, a, I'm kind of a. I'm a kind of a what's over the next hill kind of guy. I have a buddy who's like this. When the two of us pheasant hunt, there's always the potential to get too far away from the truck before we can get back in daylight. Because we hunt pheasants, we're out there with the dogs, and we've gone and done this for for different years and late season and deep snow and howling winds and all the stuff like that. And it's like... We don't have our limit yet. You want to kind of, should we go over that next rise? Should we cover that far end of the slough? And it's just kind of that, just one more, just a little further, just a little, you know, and that's what earnest is. It's, I'm still going to go. There could be, the answer could be right around the corner. The answer could be right before I get to the corner. Because he can do anything at any time for those who believe. You are no exception. Oh, other people, not me. Listen, have faith in his grace. That it is sufficient, like he says it is, for you. As nasty and dark and evil you are. That you make yourself out to be like you're not worthy. Listen, none of us are. This is about faith and pleasing the Lord and believing in Him, trusting Him. 
Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. And the verse continues, but I just want to use this for sake of time. I know that I've got more, more I want to pep talk you about. Be on your guard. Don't get lackadaisical. Stand firm in your faith. Listen, it's easy over a long period of time to just kind of settle in and accept things. Well, this is the way it is. Guess it's not going to happen. And I'm not trying to be rough with you in the sense of what you face because it could be completely horrific. And this isn't without compassion. But the point is faith. And we all have our moments of having our own little pity party. But at some point, faith has to overcome self-pity. Faith has to overcome what we face. Faith has to overcome our little mindset because we didn't stand guard over our fellowship with the Lord and knowing His Word and being with Him so that our faith is fueled. Don't tell God He can't or won't do something. Listen, you... When we say, oh, God, he won't do that for me, or he probably won't, or he can't, listen, when we start doing that kind of talk, it's not like dealing with people. It's like going to your wife and saying, oh, you probably don't want to hug me today. And she goes, oh, come here. And she hugs you. Right? You manipulated. You leveraged. That's not how it works with God. Oh, you won't do this for me. And God goes, oh, yeah? Uh-uh. That's not how it works. Do you know why fire came from heaven on Mount Carmel and consumed the sacrifice? Not because somebody said, oh, you can't do it. Oh, you won't do it. It's because somebody believed that he would. It's because Elijah believed that God would. It's not, oh, you probably won't. You can't do it. It's too hard. In physics and science that you created, it doesn't make sense. Like you can't transcend it, oh Lord. Hebrews 12, 1-3. I want to read this to you. Hebrews 12, 1-3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which clings so closely or besets us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Your race, your track, your path might be different than mine. I mean, our race for the end and to have faith to the end, that's the same. But not everybody's walking in my shoes or trying to run the race (laughs) with this body. Just me. There's a uniqueness. We're supposed to endure and run the race that is set before us. Run the race that's set before you. Where you're at in life. What's happened? What's hindered you? Doing our best to throw off sin and doubt and everything else 
so that I can persevere and endure and, and endure and run this race that's set for me. That's why we can't pass judgment on one another. <laughs> no, my race, my track, the race before me is my race. I got to get to the finish line. Your race looks different. I don't know what it is to run your race. There might be some similarities that we can encourage one another, or I experienced that. Let me encourage you. I made it. You can make it. It's the power of Christ that helps us do it anyhow. Don't tell God that He can't do something. And you and I are supposed to express faith and believe and run the race that is marked for us. These are the opening verses to what we call the chapter of faith or the hall of fame of faith. I want to read you something. You think, yeah, but, yeah, but, and you know, I know God can do anything, but I don't think He can do this, and He wouldn't do this, and He won't do that for me. Who is this that darkens counsel by the words without knowledge? Dressed for action like a man. Now some of you are like, wait a minute, where's he reading from? I'll tell you at the end. I will question you and you make it known to me. This is God speaking. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? (laughs) Tell me. Tell me. If you have understanding. In other words, explain to me why you have so much understanding that you think I can't do anything at any time whenever I think I should. You tell me, you tell God why you have so much understanding greater than Him of why He can't do something. Or why something's too difficult or impossible for Him. The only thing that's impossible for God is that it is impossible for him to lie, the Scripture says. He cannot deny his own nature and who he is. Where were you, God says, when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. I love this about the Lord when he's speaking so clearly to Job. Now you know where it's at. Verse 30, chapter 38. I love this. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its bases sunk? And who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Like, where were you? Or who shut in the sea with, who shut the, in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, this far you shall come but no further. And here shall, uh, here shall your proud waves be stayed. Here's your limitation, seas, waters. This is it. It's as far as you go. says this, have you commanded the morning since your days began? <laughs> and caused the dawn to know its place? That it might take hold of the skirts of the earth? 
and the wicked will be shaken out of it. It is changed like clay under the seal. Its features stand out like garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld. Their, their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. God says, go ahead, tell me. Tell me about all this. How is it that you have great understanding? You claim to tell me what I can do and what I can't and how far I can go and when I can go and how much I can do. Who are you? Do you know this stuff? If you don't know this stuff, you have no idea the power of the one who created all this. And the chapter goes on. It's a marvelous chapter, Job 38. When we start to feel like God ain't going to do something or God, it's impossible or we know more than God or we think we have it figured out and why he can't do something and won't do something and all this. Listen, you go into that chapter and you go, instead of feeling like this, you start to go, about this big. In our understanding. Listen, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, there's a time for everything under heaven uh, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. We know that. We will all have our final day somewhere on this earth. But I want you to hear something. Our mentality isn't supposed to be, well, I was born and, well, I'm going to die. Might as well just quit now. Listen, that day of dying, it, today is not that day. Today is not that day. This moment is not that moment. We have not finished the race yet. Let our faith take us to the end. Our time will come. But that moment is not now. You cross the finish line, the toil is over. But it's not over till we get to the finish line. And we're supposed to show up at the end with faith. Whether I get my full healing in this life or not, and I'm not speaking to you in doubt, I'm just telling you in reality, I know that there is a final day for me. And I don't know if it's going to be by accident. I don't know if it's going to be by rapture. I don't know if it's going to be by sickness or disease. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know that this body is going to be gone, but my spirit is going to stay alive. And I want it to be found that there was faith. Because that's what pleases Him. Don't tell God He can't do something. I mean, when is there a greater time to have faith than right smack dab in the middle of a struggle? That's the time for faith. I mean, we're supposed to have faith all the time and when things are good. But it's smack dab in the middle of darkness that we have to have faith middle of our struggle. Don't give up. It is our responsibility to have faith until the end. That's our job. I mean, what message what message do we send to God when we say that He can't do something? I want you to forgive me and I want to go to heaven. How's this sound to you? Final moments of our life, okay? Final moments saying, hey, I want to make sure that you're ready to receive me and I'm ready to go. 
And I know that I don't believe that you can do anything. I know that there's some things I think that's too difficult for you, God, but would you still let me in anyhow? How's that sound? I mean, how's that sound at the end? Would you let me in anyhow, even though I don't really believe that you can, you know, or that you did all this stuff? How's that sound? What message do we send to other people when we give up and we do not believe that God can do anything? What message do we send to people? How inspiring is that? Wow. You're God. (laughs) He's not so great. He can't do miracles. What message do I send to uh, people? What message do I send to my son that says, you know what? Fell, hurt my back. God's not going to heal me. God's not going to make me well. And so, you know what? I, I just accept this more than my love for you. Rather than dreaming of a day where I can still go hunt with you and do things with you. That's what I'm saying. I don't believe God can do a miracle. I don't believe he's going to do it for me. Therefore, you know what? I don't love you enough, son, to want to do these things and actually put some faith and work into it that you and I could still do something together. No, I don't love you enough. I'm just going to embrace this. That's the message I send. No, I'm going to believe the Lord, and I love my son or those around me enough that says, you know what, I'm going to work through this. I'm still going to, I'm going to pray I'm going to, because I love you enough to still fight. And there will be a day where I get so old because old life is old life, and I'm not going to have that gumption. I mean, I feel some of it fade for me now, but I still, you know, I love the people around me enough that, you know what, I've I got to still fight the good fight of faith and believe the Lord for a healing and move ahead and love them enough to still want to be here and be with them. Not, I quit. Or God won't. Or God can't. Jesus looked at them in Mark chapter 10, verse 27. And he said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Listen, you're at home or wherever you are, I want you to say this. I don't care if people, other people in the house aren't listening or tuned in. They're going to wonder what you do. But just say, say this with me. All things. All things. All things. All things are possible with God. There's nothing too difficult for him. Listen, he can, listen, he can make the fleece dry and the grass wet. He can make the fleece wet and make the grass dry in the morning. You find it with Gideon. Other things I'm just going to tell you, they're in the Bible. Listen, he could take a whole hand and make it wither. And then he can make a withered hand and make it whole again. He can make an axe head float from the bottom of a lake and make it float on top of the water where someone can grab it. Yeah, he could do that. You can't do that. I can't do that. He can do that. He hasn't changed. 
Listen, can you make a bush burn and not be consumed? Can you do that? (laughs) Can you throw down a staff, have it turn into a serpent, eat the evil people's serpents, and then pick it up and have it turn back into a staff again? I mean, can you do that? I can't do that. He can do that. He's done it. He's turned the water into wine. He created things when he had nothing to start with. <coughs> Those of you who are panicking online, that was a natural cough. Scratching my throat. <laughs> Listen, he can make things from nothing. He can take what he's created and change the material of it into something else. He can take steel and he can make it into wood. If you got a problem with that, you better get with him. And you better read Job 38. And you got to listen to these verses again. He can do anything. And he can do anything for you. So I want to tell you. You know the story where Jesus is sleeping in the, in the boat and a big storm comes up and the disciples are panicking that they're going to die and they wake Jesus. Listen, and worship team, you can come back. This is what I want you to hear. And, and when this sermon's over, I want you to just continue to live stream just for this last song that they're going to sing. I, I want this to be a moment where you reflect, you join in in whatever manner you can to the Lord when they sing the song. But I want you to get this last statement here, this last couple of sentences I'm going to say to you. There must be a faith that we must find within us. As unique as it sounds and as strange as it sounds, a faith that somehow takes pleasure in the storms and the torrents of the sea that threatened to cause us shipwreck, knowing that with Christ in our life, in the ship with us, in the boat with us, that we are in a boat that will never sink. That's the kind of unique and strange faith to our flesh it's strange and to other people who don't know God it's strange. But that kind that takes pleasure Because we know, even though we're in the storm, we're in a ship that will not sink. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is the ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.